All right, I'm here with Jasper Charles. What's going on? Yeah, so basically I just want to start with uh, where are you from? So I'm originally from Alabaster, Alabama. It's right off 65 uh, south of Birmingham, Alabama. So pretty much 30 minutes south of Birmingham, and you kind of don't – no one really knows where that is unless you pass it on the way to the beach kind of town. All right, so I guess you're a big uh, Alabama fan then. Uh, dude, so it's funny that you asked that. I mean, that's a long conversation right now. I born and raised Alabama fan. I really, really cared about Alabama football probably up until like I'm gonna piss off so many people with this story right now, but it's fine. Um, yeah, up until about fourteen, fifteen, I cared a lot, and then uh, honestly, as soon as I got so hyper obsessed with music, I probably quit caring about all sports, the sports I was playing, the sports I was interested in. Um, and I kind of didn't care. Like it was just whatever. I can't tell you the quarterbacks or players from whatever years. Like I just, I don't care. Like when it comes to college football or football in general, like I like to play cornhole and drink Miller Lite and eat Rotel dip and hang out with everyone. So I live in, I live in Tennessee now. And um, this is not me hopping on the bandwagon by any means, but I fell in love with Knoxville and East Tennessee as a whole, but uh, I didn't wear either color during the game last weekend for Tennessee versus Bama. I kept it neutral, which I guess says a lot considering that everyone who knows me back home would probably hate me for not wearing crimson, but it is what it is. All right, so you're from Alabama. You're living in Nashville now. Uh, how long have you been living there? Yep. Oh, man, I went to – I moved to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is 45 minutes south of Nashville in 2016 to go to school at uh, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. I went there for music business, graduated in 2019. I moved back to Birmingham, Alabama in 2019, stayed there for two years, moved back up here in 2021 of last year. So I've been back up here for about a year and a half. So I guess collectively with the off period, I've been here for about five years. All right. So with a degree in music business, you said, was did you get into that – knowing you're going to want to be a singer songwriter or like what was your career path? That was the ticket to move up here for sure. It was, uh, I already knew I wanted to be a writer or artist. Um, music business was just a, like, it was a really good way for my parents to be like, Hey, like you can go to Nashville, but you got to go to school. You got to get a degree. And so music business was like, that was the degree that I was going to get. Um, which was great because I took advantage of it to a certain degree of just, like learning all about music business for myself. I mean, I had to have an internship at a publishing company and I got to be around writers and red carpets and CMA and, and all that stuff. And I took it all in for myself to kind of learn. So it was really good for me. But if you, I'll just say this right now, cause I'm sure you're going to ask the question, but uh, if you want to be an artist or a songwriter, that piece of paper is essentially absolutely pointless. It does nothing for you. It will not get you a job being a songwriter or an artist, but um, if you want to go into the music business, which I did for a second, think maybe like it was senior year. I had an internship at a publishing company. I was like, man, like I could go into the music business and do publishing and find something creative here. Thankfully I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, I have all of my friends that I graduated with work in music business and they crush it and they're really good at it. But I definitely don't think I would have, would have been able to do that. I also try to pursue this life of writing songs and being an artist your new song head start that's popping up all over the place i think when i found you on instagram you showed up on my for you page and the reels or whatever you had like maybe a thousand followers and then talking about starting this podcast and then i looked you back up again and you were at like 11 or 12 and so how explain that uh, describe that roller coaster of 
That happened so fast, seriously. It, it was pretty much like within a month. So I had started posting the original reels for Head Start, I don't know, maybe September, the second or third week of September, I started posting it on reels, which previously to this, I had not really had any reels do good. I've had TikToks do okay, and the, and the Head Start TikToks were doing good. Um, but this one reel for Head Start just like it popped off. And so September 17th, that weekend, I had 2,300 Instagram followers. And then it just, it never stopped. Like the video kept going and I was, it was doing like 10,000 views a day. And then now today I've got a little over 14,000 followers. But the craziest part is like 10,000 of those followers came within like a seven day period. It was just like nonstop. Every day was like another 1,200, 1,200 the next day. Um, it's just now literally today started today's the first day it hasn't done like a thousand over in a month, which is, it was nuts. Like I, I turned my, I turned my notifications on Instagram off because my phone was just like, I didn't know what to do with it. And I've never, even on TikTok, like TikTok doesn't send notifications to your phone like that, even if your video is blowing up. So I'd never experienced something like that on my phone. So yeah, I turned it off and yeah, it was super fast. And I don't think I've even really understood how fast that happened. So is there a, is there a fun story for that? Or is that just strictly uh you thought it'd be a good song because that's that I wondered who so, hurt you when I listened to that yeah. the first time. It's so funny because I waited until the song did it thing. I waited until it was like a week or two out before week, a week or so out before I even told anybody it wasn't a true story because I had so many comments and people just being like, man, like this is how, like, this is how you get over a heartbreak or like whatever. And like, I hadn't been cheated on. So I didn't want to like ruin it for everyone before the song came out but there, there still is a cool story behind it. So my dad just called me one night and was like, Hey, uh, I had this song idea. It's called head start. And it wasn't the, it wasn't this idea. It was a completely different idea, which I, I want to say exactly what it was. Cause I still love the idea of it. And I might try to do something with it later, but it was completely different from being cheated on. I mean, it wasn't even really about a girl or a heartbreak or anything. And so I was trying to write this version of what he had, he had given me and I just couldn't do it. I'd, gone through a couple different lines and was like, man, I don't know. Like, what if that's when the idea hit me? Like, what if it was this idea of this girl who, you know, like everyone's heard the cliche breakup lines, like you'll be okay. You'll find somebody else. Like you'll move on. But what if she's only saying that? Cause she already did. She already moved on. And like, so I had the idea there. I wrote the chorus. Um, the, as soon as I had the idea, I wrote the chorus that night by myself. And then I took it into the writer's room with, two of the guys that I write with the most, uh, Justin Holt and Clay Barker. They're also both from Alabama and live up here now. And we write really well together. I mean, I remember even telling them like, dude, I got this idea. I've got this course. Like we were on a boat on like the 4th of July. And I was like, I'll just read it to you. Like I didn't even have music for it or anything. I was like, here's the words to the chorus. And they were like, yep, we're writing that next week for sure. And, uh, yeah, we wrote it and fell in love with it. And, um, I'll tell you how I knew, like, <laughs> one I knew when I had the idea in the course, I was like, this is a really cool song. I had no idea it was going to do what it did, but I knew it was going to be something cool. I knew it was going to be even cooler when I got like, we wrote this song and I texted clay that night and I was like, dude, I think I'm going to record this song. And he was like, I might want to record it too. And that's never happened where we leave the writer's room and two people in the room were like, Oh wait, I might want to do the song too. So I was like, I'm dude, I'm going to the studio first and getting this thing done. Cause I really want it. So uh, no, I didn't get cheated on, but it still has a, a cool story behind it, at least. No, it is a good story. I was going to get into how you write your songs, and if you if there is a writer's room, I didn't know how you do that. I've been writing songs since I was 
12, 13. And that's a different story because back then, I, when I was in middle school writing songs, I thought I, I, thought I was going to be a rapper, dude. Like, I, I was writing rap. I fell in love with rap music, but we can get into that in a minute. But anyways, I spent from age 12 to 7, 16, 17 writing songs by myself. And then I met some buddies. I didn't meet some buddies. Some of my buddies in high school, one dude in particular was really good at music. And we wrote together a lot. So I had already co-wrote before I ever moved to Nashville. But then when I moved to Nashville or Murfreesboro for school, that was a different ball game where it was like, people were really here to write songs. And I had not experienced like writing with a brand new person for the first time. And I still remember what that felt like and how it took me a while to get used to it. And it's kind of like a lot of people say this, but it's like speed dating. Like you get in the room and you either write really good together or you don't. And you only give that like one or two times before you realize like we are going to write a song together or it's not going to happen. And so you start finding other people and, the funniest part about the two dudes that I write the best with right now, Clay and Justin, I met I met Justin in Birmingham when I moved back to Birmingham right after college. I didn't meet him here. I met him there and we wrote together in his apartment off Lakeshore in Birmingham. And um, he was the very first person to record a song that I had written on. So I was like, okay, like the first three writes we did together, we had fully finished songs. And I was like, this, this is someone I, I we click in the room. He moved back up here before me, then I moved back up here, and his roommate is Clay, who again is from Bama. And we just all we get along so well. We're we're buddies outside of this. Like we can hang out without writing a song, and we just we write really good together. And so we all three of us are independent. None of us have record deals. None of us have publishing deals. So we literally are writing like in this room right here, or in their living room at the house they live in. Like it's not like there's a legit uh, studio for the most part. It's like we're really just going to each other's house and sitting in the living room and writing these songs. So when you moved back up to Nashville for the, for good, I guess, did you go up there with the express purpose? Like I'm going to, I'm going to give this thing a shot or was there another job opportunity that brought you up there? Yeah. So I, I still have a full-time job right now. I do marketing for, um, um, energy drink company. And that's the same reason I left Nashville. So when I was graduating, I'd worked for this company in college and I had, made it through the interview rounds right before I graduated, they offered me a full-time job and it just so happened to be back in Birmingham, which at the time, like I was so split down the middle because like I'd missed being home and like I was mentally wasn't in a good spot and I, and I kind of needed to go back home, but I didn't want to leave Nashville because in my mind, I was like, man, this is like me giving up. Like if I leave, like I didn't stick it out. Like everyone says you have to, but I was 22 and this was like a once in a lifetime really good job offer for a 22 year old in an amazing company. And so I took it, but I told myself like at the very first chance that a job for this company opens up in Nashville, like I'm going for it. And I did, I went for it the first time and I didn't get it. They told me no. And so then I waited another year in Birmingham. The job opened up again. I went for the second time and that time I got it. And it was a really hard decision then to like leave Birmingham. Cause at this point I had already settled back in. I bought a house. Um, I had a dog, girlfriend, boat, like I was doing all the life things and like really getting comfortable with the idea that I might not move back to Nashville anytime soon. And I don't really know if the music's going to work out, but when they offered the job, I was like, this is, this is the one, like, this is the, that chance. Like I'm only going to be, I guess I was 24 or five when I moved back up here, I was 25. So I was like, this is like maybe the last time I'll get the chance in this lifetime to like do this. And I got to go for it. But at this point, like I had, essentially nothing going on musically. I had less than 5,000 streams on all five or eight songs that I had out on Spotify and Apple music. I had 
12 monthly listeners a year ago to date. Like I didn't know anything other than like, I have a job, I'm going to be okay. And I'll start pursuing this music thing again on the side until it works out. And then, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got back up here. I was like, that was a very long answer, but I'm, I'm still here with a full-time job and just still just doing this on the side right now. I want to get into the two guys you write with. I didn't catch their names the first time, but explain like what that dynamic in the room is. Like, do you always come in with the ideas? Like what, what would be your style, I guess. And then how do they complement that? Good question. Um, so their names, one of them is Justin Holt. He's also an artist. Um, he's got songs out and he tours clay Barker, same way. He's also an artist and tours. Um, we all three write differently and we all three have different styles. And like, if you were to give one of us an idea separately outside of the room for each other, like we would give you three completely different songs that would sound different. The lyrics would be completely different, like all different. And I think for me, I, I won't speak on behalf of them. Like I know what they're good at, but they can answer that question themselves based off of what they really like. But me personally, um, I think my strongest suit when I'm in the writer's room is I am very good at like the, the broad idea or the theme of the song per se. Um, like I have great punchlines or great titles and within that punchline or title in my head, I've got this formatted pretty much a music video, like for head start, like all I had was the chorus and the idea. Like I knew I wanted to set it up in a certain way in the first verse. I knew I wanted the second verse set up in a certain way, but I didn't know exactly how to piece uh, the puzzle together. And that's what really benefits being in the room, especially with those two, because like clay is kind of the guy that can sit back and let me and Justin like ramble on for 15 minutes. And he's just like, all right, both of you stop. I got this and this he's like quiet on his notes and he just pops in with like the puzzle put together. Um, and, and he, like I said, each person's got their own thing, but the best part about the three of us riding together, regardless of what each one of us would say is our strong suit is that, neither or all three of us, none of us are scared to tell the other person, like, that's not a good line. Like we're not using that. Or like, let's come back to this later because I don't really like it. Like I might say something that I'm like, damn, this is a really good line. And Justin will be like, nah, we got something better. And no one gets their feelings hurt about that, um, which is great. So that's probably the best thing about the three of us riding together, honestly, is that we're not scared to tell each other like, Hey, this sucks. Or like there's been at this point now, maybe five or six songs that, we started that were really good ideas and we made it through a first verse and a chorus and it never finished. We never finished it. And we're not scared to say to what we'll to come back this to another day. Like let's just start a different song because we've spent two hours on 14 lines and we're never going to get through this. Before I forget, where can people find you on Instagram and social media, TikTok? I'm new on TikTok, have no idea how to work it, but where can people find you if they want to? Dude, you got to get on the TikTok game. Like that is a, that was a, that was a game changer for me. Like if I'll say this to the day I die, like if it wasn't for TikTok, I would have had, I'd, I'd have nothing working right now music wise. And I, I can get into that in a, in a second. All of my social media is Jasper Charles. So Instagram is at Jasper Charles. TikTok is at Jasper Charles music. But if you type in Jasper Charles, it'll pull up same way on YouTube. So if you just type in Jasper Charles and whatever it is, wherever you listen to music or whatever you want to follow me, it's just Jasper Charles. But yeah, the TikTok thing, dude, was um, like that was the game changer. That that was the piece of the puzzle for me that like that got everything, got the ball rolling. Honestly, and there's a lot of people that talk a lot of smack about TikTok artists or TikTok songwriters and like how TikTok's been bad for the music industry. And I guess to a certain degree, like I can argue both points and tell you why I think it's been bad. But like for me personally, if it wasn't for TikTok and like fast form content of Instagram Reels and all that, like 
I'd, I would still have 12 monthly listeners on Spotify right now, and I don't. What's that number looking like now, if you don't mind me asking? I think today it hit 36,000. I think 36, close to 37,000. That's you're doing all right. A lot better than this podcast. Well, dude, you just started, and like that—that's what I'm saying. Like that was—that's all happened in eleven months. Like eleven, like literally twelve months ago, it was twelve. One two was the number, and that essentially means no one's listening for the most part. And so, for that to go from twelve to thirty-seven thousand in eleven months is just like it was like consistency, and it was a lot of like luck. You know what I mean? I feel like I got on the app at the right time, and I had one song a year ago called 17 in the Chevy. Like that was the one that started all of this for me. Um, I, and at, at, even at that point before I posted it, I think I had 300 TikTok followers and I posted that one video. Like everybody says, oh, I posted a video and like the next day it went crazy. And like, uh, dude, I still, I haven't had a video go like actual viral. I don't know what the definition of viral is, but to me, viral means like where you post a video and it transcends from Instagram to TikTok to Facebook. And like, everyone knows about it. Like that is not, I've never had that till this date. My viral video did 300,000, but like that 300,000 was also 1200 comments. And I responded to every single comment and I still respond to every single comment today because like it built the engagement in this fan base of like, Oh, this is a real guy on the other side of the phone, like talking to me right now. And like, that just kept happening, but it, it didn't just change like 300,000 video. Cool. Six months later, I was still getting a hundred views on some videos. I posted a video tonight with 57,000 followers and it's got a hundred views on it. And it's probably not going to do any more than that. It's it's TikTok is a game that you play, but again, anyways, it was, if it wasn't for that, I, I would still have nothing going on. That's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast too. Cause when you listen to someone on the radio or TikTok, you get like 10 seconds or a three minute version of someone. And then you don't know anything about so okay. I like that you reach out and talk to everybody because that's why I'm starting this whole podcast. I mean, it's important for, it's important for me to do because, and like, I am, I'm obsessed, obsessed with not, I'm not obsessed with social media as a whole to where like, I can't turn it off or get off of it, but I'm obsessed with it. And the idea that like, I firmly believe that you can build a whole entire brand or whatever it is you're trying to do a podcast or a business or a career based off of social media and like there's there's a certain part of me that's like well like it's not the same as like a physical whatever but it's like yeah like i can reach thousands or millions of people and i can interact with them and i can build a fan base like for instance one of my top streaming cities right now for this song for head start is like sydney australia and like i was like looking at the numbers earlier it's like the video like popped off on tiktok in canada right because i had all these canadians comment and then being like hey like love your song from Canada, whatever. Well, it's like now when you look at my Spotify numbers, Canada's like the second biggest one streaming outside of the U S and it's not like five people. It's like thousands of people are listening to the song in Canada. So it's important to me to like respond to every comment, be like, Holy shit, this is so crazy. You're in freaking New Zealand and you're listening to my song. That's so sick. I appreciate it. And then they're getting a response back from this dude that they found in America. Right. So, and it makes them feel like they know you and you know them and, there's certain people from other countries that they DM me weekly and I DM them back and I have conversations with them. I talk to them. They'll be like, Hey man, happy Monday. Have a great week. And I'm like, yeah, dude, have you too. Have a great week. Thanks. You thanks for listening to the song and sharing it. And it's like, I couldn't do that. Right. I can't just go to New Zealand and meet some people for fun, but I can through Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or Spotify, whatever it is. So you got the social medias covered. Do you play any live shows during the week or does that get kind of tough with a full-time job? 
Yeah, so a couple of things on that. I'm starting to play writer's rounds again, which I guess the whole thing, which is funny about all this, is like I was not trying to pursue the artist career anymore. Like I found out in 2017 that I have a cyst on my right vocal cord, and I still have that, which is like a problem that I'm still trying to figure out and work around. Like it doesn't allow me to play on a good day. There's no shot that I'm playing for more than 30 to 45 minutes straight without like being in pain or not being able to talk tomorrow. And that even goes for like the job that I have now. Sometimes like my job requires me to talk all day tomorrow. My throat's going to hurt. Right. So like for that reason is one of the reasons why I'm not playing live shows right now. The second reason is it's yeah. I mean, I can't go tour and, be out and about. I do events on the weekends sometimes with a job that I work and I'm pretty much caught up Monday through Friday. But, you know, like, so with that being said, like the whole thing was, I was just trying to be a songwriter because I can do that during the week. I can write during the week. Um, it allows me to not sing as much so I can like still use my voice and not blow it out if I'm only in the writer's room three days a week or whatever it is. And I, I didn't know what I wanted to do as an artist. I didn't know what my sound was. I'm not even 100% sure right now if I know what my sound is. Like I just posted the song that I wrote 17 in a Chevy and it took off. And like, I just took advantage of the idea that no record labels reached out to me. No publishers are reaching out to me to be a writer. So if people are telling me they want to hear this song, I'm going to put it out. And then that happened with the next one and the next one and the next one and head start. Same thing. They were like, we want this. So I'm like, well, if you want it, I'm going to put it out regardless of whether I'm on the road or not, or I'm trying to be an artist or not. But the last part of that answer would be, um, I have some doctor's appointments coming up for my vocal cord to see like what I can do about it. And if I can get to a point health wise to where I can last longer than 45 minutes, more than twice a week on stage, then I will start fully pursuing, like getting back on stage again and doing that because I've got people asking like, Hey man, like, are you going to go on tour? Are you going to tour in this city? And now I have numbers to prove like in America, Chicago is my number one best streaming city. Atlanta is right behind it. And then Minneapolis is right there. And like, I can go down the list And so it's like, if I want to make the decision to pick the guitar back up and get on stage, I know where I'm going. Like I got the numbers to say, I'm going to this city and this city and this city, and it will probably be okay for me. I just got to get the health part figured out first. And then I'd have no problem saying I'm going back into the artist game a little bit more. Well, if you're up, if you're you're ever in Minneapolis, hit me up. I'm I'm right up over by there. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that vocal cord thing. No, it's all good. It's uh, something I'm working through. It's, I guess it's just a part of the story at this point of like, how am I going to get out of this and, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, a battle. It's been a battle. It was a, for when it first happened, I was playing live shows when I found out and I was just like in pain, like pain. And so I went to the doctor the first time then, and that's when I found out and like that put a big damper on everything of like, okay, well I can't do this right now. At that point I was just like, I'm going to be an artist. And I wasn't really in the mindset of, well, I can still be a songwriter. And so it took some years to get to that point of like, well, I don't have to be an artist to be a songwriter. So I'm still trying to figure it out a little bit. Old you again? I just turned twenty six. I turned twenty six the day that uh, Head Start came out. Actually, oh, happy birthday! That came out what the twelfth, thirteenth, uh, something like that. Seven. So just about almost two weeks ago. Not quite yet. Well, we we covered what you're doing recently, but what got you? We we didn't touch on your rap career or what got you into music or <laughs> what, what happened. All what happened with all that? Yeah, that's so funny. Um. Man, the rap thing. So I, I didn't grow up on rap music. I don't even know if I, I didn't grow up on a one genre only family, but I did spend the majority of my childhood listening to like my parents 
80s rock music. I always say my mom was Bon Jovi, my dad was Boston. Like that was, they, they had more than that, but like those are the two that I always say about them. But it was everything from Boston to Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses, ACDC. And then like my mom always had the Christian channel on and country music was always on. My uncle, who I worked with for so many years in high school, was always listening to country music. I was influenced by a ton of music. Um, but 80s rock was like childhood. Um, maybe like, 11, 12, 13, I was starting to get into like alternative rock with Lincoln Park and all that. And then really middle school was when everything changed. Like this is when I fell in love with the idea of rhyming and music altogether was my sister is four years older than me. So she was in high school. I was in middle school. So she would drive me to middle school and drop me off. And for her in high school at the time, like this was big, like this was the burnt CD mixtape era, right? So all of her friends would like burn CDs and pass them around. And these burnt CDs were like all, all rap music, like early Drake, early Lil Wayne, early Lil Boosie, like not the Lil Wayne and Drake and Boosie that was on the radio, but stuff that was like coming off LimeWire and stuff. Right. And so this was a whole new world that was like, I was not supposed to be listening to this music. My mom could not stand me listening. To, my, my, man, my mom like deleted songs off my iPod, like religiously because of the music that I was listening to. I mean, and looking back at it now, she should have like, it was all unfiltered. It was all explicit. It was awful. but it was the first thing that I heard that I was like, dang, this is so freaking cool. And it probably made me love it even more that she didn't want me to love it. And I just became hyper obsessed with rhyming. And and it wasn't really like, I didn't know like anything else at the time. So it was like, I was obsessed with that and rhyming. So I would be in like math class, like hearing a beat in my head, writing my own like rhymes down. And so then I started like downloading beats on YouTube and like putting raps over them and like it was god awful i hope no one ever ever has access to find those again they're out there um, someone will <laughs> dude i hope that no one has those like that would be like a career ruining moment honestly um no i'm just kidding but they, they were terrible and everyone knew they were terrible and everyone thought they were terrible but um quickly realized at i don't know maybe like 14 15 i was like really into hunting and fishing and sneaking out and riding down back roads and four wheelers and dirt bikes and trucks and all that. And I was like, middle of nowhere, Alabama. It's like, okay, like I'm probably not ever going to be a rapper, you know? So it was like, maybe it's a good idea to learn how to play the guitar. And so my mom got me uh, acoustic guitar lessons and I went to like the first two or three and the guy was like, okay, like here's the chord charts. Like here's how to play the guitar. Like go home for a week, learn these, come back. We'll learn the next ones. And so I did that for about three weeks and he, he had like a little setup kind of like what I have here now. I literally mimicked him when I was 15. I was like, you have a mic, you can record stuff. Like I've got songs, like I'm ready. Like forget learning how to play the guitar. Like let's make music. And, uh, I went from rap to like country rap, which would be like back then was like Georgia boys or like the lax or Colt Ford. Um, I was like, I can do that. I already know how to rap and now I can play the guitar. So like, let's do both. And then that lasted for maybe six months before I was like, writing real songs. I could like play the guitar and sing at the same time. Um, so then it was like, okay, like it's just country music now. Um, and then I got in choir in high school, into high school, junior and senior year. And like started taking that a little more serious. And yeah, my junior year, we went on a tour or not a tour, but a uh, field trip to Nashville. And 
it was game over after that. Like it was nothing else in my mind. You could not have convinced me that I wanted to do anything else in my life other than in two years from now, when I graduate, I'm going to Nashville end of story period. Like there's no other option. Like that's what I got to do. So you can't do you read music to this day or you just pick up a guitar and just kind of go for it. Yep. I can, I could not read music at all. Um, I don't know why my choir teacher even allowed me to be in that choir. You had to audition for it. And I'll tell you right now that, if it wasn't for my sister being in that choir class four years previously, like, and having a good rep to her name, they would have, she, my choir teacher, Miss Allen would have never let me in that room because part of the audition was you had to read sheet music and I could not read sheet music. And so I don't know why she let me in there, but she played such a major impact of me wanting to pursue this. And like, literally like she, she took us to Nashville and she's in a choir, a women's choir group. And one of the other ladies in that choir group, worked at universal records at the time. So one of our field trip stops got to be at universal records. And this lady, her name's Pam Russell. She doesn't work there anymore. She gave it like the whole spill of like, here's how the record industry works. And then she ended it with like a, if you're ever in Nashville, just send me an email and we'll link up. And I know it had to have been one of those things that like, she just said thinking like, surely no one will do this. But I was like, Oh, six months later, I'm sending her emails. I'm coming to Nashville. I want to take a meeting with you. She was the one that was like, Hey, if you're serious about this, you should go to MTSU. And I hadn't, I was like, what is it? MTSU? Like, I've never heard of this. Um, she's like, it's a school for music business. And if you want to go for this, you should go there. I never looked at another college. I didn't want to go to another college. I had never even been to this college, but I was like, that's the college I'm going to. Like, if I can get in, that's where I'm going. And like, that was the plan that was set. So it's funny. No, I, I can't, I can't read sheet music <laughs> and I should have been able to, but uh, it worked out. <laughs> When I started this podcast, I wanted people to think you're not just a music robot and getting into other things, but we just got running with the music stuff early. So what else do you, what else do you like to do when you're not pursuing music or stuck at your full-time job? Yeah, a lot of things, man. I'm I'm so all over the place. It's not even funny. I uh, I love the outdoors. Like uh, I, I love the outdoors as much as I love country music or music in general. And um whenever I went through this little two year period of not knowing if I was going to do music again or move back up here, I actually started a little outdoors lifestyle brand, which I don't, I don't do that anymore. And that's where the, my podcast came from. It was all outdoors based. And uh, that allowed me to have another creative outlet because like for me, like all I want to, I want to do things that I love and exploit them. So like I love writing songs. So I want to put songs out. I love to hunt and fish. So I want to video and put content out or like, collaborate with other content creators or like I wanted to have merch and like, that's still something that I want to do. Like, I, I I guess to answer the question, I'm obsessed with the outdoors. I love the hunting fish. And outside of that, like I love content creation and making videos and doing the TikTok thing. And I want to find a way to still merge the outdoors lifestyle into the music thing and still build this country music outdoors lifestyle brand, except for now it just kind of lives under my name instead of a name that I started for a brand that doesn't exist anymore. Um, outside of that, I mean, I just like to hang out with my buddies and have a good time and, um, spiritual person. I'm a Christian. So I'm always trying to work on having a better relationship with Jesus, which I'm, I'm avidly working on every day. I mean, that's, that's the most important part of my life. So I I guess in the order that it would go, it'd be like, I want to be known as a godly man and then whatever, whatever comes down after that is fine. I want to write songs and 
fish and hunt every day of my life. So merge that line between Jesus and Miller Lite. Jesus, right, exactly. Jesus and Jim Bean. There's a song title for you. You can have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's actually that's hilarious because I beat you to it. Um, I, had, I had a song come out in May. It's called Anything Like Me, and there's a line in there that says that. Uh, pretty pretty much the exact same line as that. Um, it's if you're anything like me, you're tied. With, it's you're tied with Jesus and Jim Beam. If you're anything like me, so I was listening to all your music today. Maybe I got it in your head. Maybe maybe that's pretty, maybe. Yeah, I appreciate it. Had a blast talking to you. And uh, everything seems to be really blowing up for you. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, man. Thank you for for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. I don't have anything really else to say other than I appreciate letting me come on here. And yeah, anyone that wants to check out my music it's all at jasper charles and you can feel free to dm me on instagram and i'll have a conversation with you back i don't care what it is if you want to talk hunting fishing mental health or whatever whatever it is i i am down to to chat about it so uh, i really appreciate you. let me come on here appreciate it, my man anytime you want me to come back on you just let me know appreciate it thanks for coming on have a great show tonight absolutely man you too all right you've made it to the end of our show thank you very much and this is the time where i have to remind you about my one and only sponsor home park Home Park Clothes is a clothing brand out of Boston, Massachusetts. They've got something for everybody. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, can koozies, sweatpants, shorts, whatever you need, they've got it. And this is where I have to remind you about a discount code only for our audience. If you use promo code COOKING at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire order. That is promo code COOKING, C-O-O-K-I-N-G. Get yourself 10% off. And the question you've all been waiting for is, where can I find such an amazing deal? If you look them up on Google at homeparksupply.com, that'll get you to their website. Or you can find them on Instagram at underscore homepark, homeparksupply.com, or at Instagram on at underscore homepark. Go check them out.